Hey everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Eric Johnson, and along with my wife Candace, we are the lead pastors of Studio. We are based in Greenville, South Carolina, and we just want to take a moment and say hello and say thanks for listening to this podcast. So with that, let's get right to it. Yeah, you can go to Eric if you have any um, concerns or complaints. He's sitting right over there. So good to see you guys. Hello, studio, 6.30 p.m. How are you guys doing? Are you guys ready? Do you guys have room for more? Tonight, I hope you are encouraged. I'm going to talk about things that I'm passionate about. And um, I believe that the Lord has set us here for this time and that he wants to grow us, to expand us, and that we are in the right place. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the right place. Now look at your other neighbor and say, get ready. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so... I don't know what you guys are doing this week, but Eric and I are doing something that's not very traditional Thanksgiving. Think of what could not be traditional. Well, see, we celebrated 25 years of marriage in September, which was, thank you. Well, we actually didn't do anything to celebrate though, because we had just been going back and forth to California because of different family members passing. And by the time our anniversary came in, 25 is a big one. You know, we were like, we're going to do something big, but we had already done so much big traveling. We were like, we just need a break now and just rest and get back to work. So we were going to celebrate another time. So we just decided that we're going to celebrate this week. And so Instead of going to hang out with our family, we're going to go hang out with each other in Mexico. So we're going to Mexico tomorrow morning. Yes. So as you're eating your turkeys or whatever you're eating, we'll be having yummy carne asada and um, be on the beach and go snorkeling. And so super exciting. But have you ever heard the phrase, the honeymoon is over? You know, it's referring to when you get married and you go on your honeymoon and it's so exciting. And, you know, we were getting married. People would say, oh, marriage is good, but man, that first year of marriage is hard. And I'd be like, what are you, uh-oh, what, do, what should I be waiting for? You know, we got married and the honeymoon was great. And actually, honestly, the first year was really great. It was fun to get to know each other. But it's interesting, that phrase, oh, the honeymoon period is over. You know, I kind of understand where that comes from, because once you start getting into real life with each other, other things come up, you know, as you're getting to know, because you're different. And there's things about myself that I didn't even know until I started to get deeper into relationship with Eric. And it's impossible to hang out with each other and not get to run into those things. And I say run into them because it's not like you know where they're at and you don't know until they come up that you're like, oh, that's odd. You know, like odd, I said. So we run into each other's oddities after the honeymoon because you get past the surface. You get past what I want you to see and you get to see a lot more. And um, for Eric and I, I remember in the um, first year, I would say 90% or plus of the things that we got to run into were communication things. Communication takes up a big part of our world. And one of the things, an example, is um, I love to ask questions. So if you're around me, I will just ask things because I'm very curious and I'm interested. So I, if you tell me something, I might ask a question about it. And uh, this would happen when Eric and I were first married. It still happens. But we learned a lot about each other in the first year because that's what you get to do. And um, what would happen is he would say, oh, 
So-and-so um, shared a testimony that they were given $500. I'm like, that is so cool. When did you hear that? He's like, why do you want to know? I'm like, I don't know. I was just curious. When did you hear that? He's like, do you not believe me? I'm like, no, I believe you. I was, when did they tell you that? Um, and they're like, wow, where did they, where'd they get it from? Well, why do you need to know? And I'm like, I just was very curious. Um, and so we began these, having these conversations because I would have questions. And when I asked questions, he'd get really defensive. And I had no, there was no other motive to my question outside of I was purely curious. And so as we we're getting to know each other, realizing some of my odd behaviors or my questions were triggering um, things in him that were causing him to think that I'm questioning him, that I don't trust him, that I don't believe him. And um, so we would get into these conversations. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have questions. And then that triggers a whole nother thing. And so we got to learn a lot about each other, just pure communication. I don't believe that there were heart issues in those conversations, but um, just the oddities of who I am um, and mixed with who he is caused a little bit of, um, I wouldn't say conflict, definitely tension. Tension to the point where we had to have conversations. And um, that is just what happens when you get to know people. You get the opportunity to go through those things. How many people dream of having deep, rich, trust, um, trustworthy relationships in their lives? How many people would love those? I mean, wouldn't we all? We, I mean, those just sound like, isn't that what life is about? Well, I just want to say tonight, I don't know how to get to that place from meeting someone to that place without going through these get to know you kind of things. And I haven't met two people that are exactly the same. And even people that are seemingly exactly the same, not, they don't see the world exactly the same. They don't have the exact same code books, styles, preferences. There's usually at some point, somewhere, you're gonna run into something that is different. And I would say that that isn't a bad thing. It's an opportunity to grow. And at studio, I've heard this being said in the last um, month a couple different times. We're past the honeymoon stage. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, and I realized what they're talking about. Because I have heard um, different people say, actually, I have a, my, I'm having marriage issues. We are not doing good. I'm actually personally not doing good. I'm hearing that more and more. And just know as a pastor of this church, that makes me excited. Like I get happy when I hear people say, hey, can I open up and show you who I am and what's really going on? I'm like, now we're on the right track. We're on the right track because things are getting real. We are past the honeymoon stage and I am thankful. I'm thankful because you know what I dream of? I dream of a church that's whole, that's connected, that is united, that is willing to sacrifice for each other, that know each other enough to know how to sacrifice for each other. So I just want to say thank you for being real. Thank you for being honest and thanks for being who you are. And I'm not afraid to go through tension and conflict. I feel thankful for it because I believe that that's what the Lord has called us to be, is to be one and to be family and to be in this together. And I don't know how to do that without actually going through it and having these conversations. So tonight I'm going to... My hope is to inspire and to encourage us where we're at on the journey, on the journey um, in relationships within um, ourselves, but all within studio between each of us as well. It is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week 
has so many thoughts and emotions. I mean, some of us are super excited. It brings a lot of fun and joy. Some of it brings a lot of work, depending on who's doing the cooking. Um, it brings a lot, sometimes anxiety, stress. It could bring sadness. It could bring loneliness. There's a lot of things that come with um, special times like these. And I was reading um, an article that shared, it said, what are the um, top triggers for stress in Thanksgiving? So that was like, oh, I wonder, what do you think are the top, the top triggers for stressors of Thanksgiving? Just think for a moment and see if you could guess what would be the top one. So we have a, what do you think it is? Were you here last service? Okay. Thinking about Thanksgiving this year, which of the following causes you the most stress? Let's see if you can um, relate to this. Um, and I, do you see a lot of light blue people on this chart? Well, flip to the next slide and I will tell you exactly what it is. The top stressor, and you've got it, is family drama, 27%. Um, second is cooking, grocery shopping at 22%. Lose weight, all of you trying to be healthy and losing weight, this is a hard week for you maybe, 13%. Um, tw travel, 12%. Political conversations, 11%. House guests from out of town staying with me, 10%. That's a little bit. And um, introducing a new partner, boyfriend, girlfriend uh, to the family, 3%. And I'm on a special diet. It's hard when everything's um, centered around food for those on special diets. But I thought this was super interesting as I was thinking about just the progression into deep, meaningful relationships. And Thanksgiving, a lot of time, is around a table of people that are have that are the deep, meaningful relationships in our lives. And the number one stressor is family drama. <laughs> and so I thought that that is interesting and not surprising at the same time because um, people are, are different and when we get together, we have to work it out. And so tonight I wanna to talk about how do we work it out because we are going through this, guys. We're not gonna stop. We're not gonna stay where we're at and um, and we're going to get to a place of connection, health, wholeness. And I do believe how we navigate it is a big part of it. So I'm going to give some tools as well. Um, John Maxwell, who I love, big leadership guy, he says, because people aren't perfect, I haven't met a perfect one yet, and relationships are messy, we all need to learn how to resolve conflicts. And tonight, I'm not even just talking about conflicts, I would say even tensions. Just whenever there's differences, it gives opportunity for us to figure out what we're going to do. And um, then, therefore, tension arises. And um, the paths we take in our relationships are determined by what we choose to partner with. I believe this so much, and I experience it over and over again. What we choose to partner with is huge. When I say partner, it's like what you choose to feast on. What is the story you're telling yourself? Because you'll react out of that. It's regardless of what's really happening in reality, whatever you are telling yourself, then that's, you'll respond out of that. And um, I want to read 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 5. This is a very powerful verse, and it's very true, and I like it because it reminds me to be mindful of what I am thinking about, because it will affect everything in our lives. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do you know just because you have a thought doesn't mean you need to own it? Like just because I think, oh my gosh, that's horrible. They, they, that is so disgusting. I'm like, I don't know that I actually need to feast on that. Like, I'm sorry, that's not what I'm choosing to partner with right now. Or you could think anything, but you get to decide if you're going to partner and keep it or not. Like, I'm, I had that thought and it's not mine and I don't want it. <laughs> and you just let it go. Or you could even say, God, forgive me for thinking that. I don't even want, I don't want to, that's not who I want to be. And this lets me know right here that just because we have a thought, we still get a choice. What do you want to do with a thought that comes in your head? And here it says, take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. And, um, and so that's super empowering. I believe that as we're dealing with relationships, this is a huge thing. Because then anytime emotions get involved, then that's when it gets even more, we're very vulnerable in our emotions. And so um, I believe that a lot of stuff begins in our hearts and our minds. And I have a list of um, different their emotions that I want to put up here that we can partner with them. And when we feel them, just because we feel them, uh, I just want us to be cautious on what we partner with. Because when we partner with these things, I just want to tell you that nothing good comes out of it. Nothing good comes out of this. Doesn't mean that we don't feel them, but be careful. And there's different words after each phrases and statements. But these words are hurt, rejection, fear, insecurity, shame, when we are feeling these emotions, it's okay to feel them, but it's what we do with them that really affects how it impacts our relationships. Because what we partner with, um, when we partner with hurt, a lot of times we begin to tell our stor stories to ourselves. Like, I'm hurt, they meant to hurt me. They're mean, they don't even care for me. That might be true, that might not be true, but when we're hurt, we're usually gonna only wanna say things that kind of cause hurt back. When we feel rejected, they don't even like me. They don't want me to be here. If I feel like that, you're gonna get a different version of Candace. If we're talking and I don't feel like you wanna talk with me, how do you think I'm gonna be with you? Hello. <laughs> if you can see me behind my fist, because <laughs> I'm going to be protective because I don't want to be rejected. And just because someone looks at you wrong or um, you experience them differently doesn't mean they're rejecting you necessarily. Like we get to experience one side of the story and um, until you lean in and find out their side, we really don't know, do we? So these ones, these are emotions. We experience them, but I just say... Um, when we experience these, the best thing I know to do, instead of reacting and responding out of them, is take them to God first. Like acknowledge them of like, oh my gosh, I think I feel rejected. And then once you're rejected, like, Lord, I ask for your love right in this place because I feel rejected. And let him come and meet us in that place before we go to each other so that we're not just fighting each other over things that um, really God can come in and feel first before we try to interact with each other. Um, so first we, get, we feel these emotions. What's the first we do? We stop. Stop and don't talk and invite God in, invite his love in. And I say this because we're all gonna be sitting around, hopefully tables this week, or if not this week, we will be interacting and we're gonna get opportunities to go through things where we might feel some of these emotions and what do we do and what do we partner with when we feel them? 
Colossians 3. I love Colossians 3 because God is so good. He provides everything that we need. So when we read the word, so I love truth, but what I love even more is when we put truth into practice. And so this is the scripture talking. It's, first it talks about the old man and we're supposed to put on the new man. And this is Colossians 3. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. So I'm going to stop right there. Put on. How many people put on a warm jacket today? Because it is freezing here in Greenville um, area. And when it's cold, you put on a jacket so that you can still be happy, be out in the, be out in the elements, and um, be set up for success. I'm going to go to Mexico tomorrow, and I am not going to bring my big jacket because it is going to be warm, and I'm going to bring shorts, and I already got all my sandals out, and I'm not going to wear boots and cover up all my toes because it's going to be warm, and that's the elements. Because of the elements, that's what I'm going to put on, and in this scripture, it's taught, it says put on twice, and put on in the context when you do life together, when you're going to um, bear with one another. These are what we need. So do not pass go until you put these things on if you actually want to enjoy yourself. So this tells me, it says, put on tender mercies. Can you guys say tender mercies? mercies. Kindness. Kindness. Humility. Humility. Meekness. Meekness. Long-suffering. Does that sound like fun? Don't suffer a little bit. Suffer for a long time. (laughs) That is deep lasting relationships is actually when we're we're saying yes to deep rich relationships we're kind of we're saying yes to that when I say yes to you I'm like yeah we're gonna we're gonna go through it and we're gonna I'm gonna be in there with you not for a little bit but even if it's for a long time like we're in this bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another even as Christ forgave you so you must also so you also must do But above all, here we go again, these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And that's why when I experience those, when we experience those hurtful emotions and things that are real, like rejection, shame, fear, the first thing we do is go go to God and say, I need more of your love right now. Stop and acknowledge how am I feeling before I react and before I respond and cause more damage. Like, I need more of your love. I need to put on love. I need a fresh encounter with your love because that's what I want to give away. So what we choose to do and what we choose to partner with, what we choose to put on is crucial. So relationships are, I believe, like we go down pathways. We make choices. I love choices. Choices make me feel powerful because we don't have a choice. You're a slave. But we have choices, and we're powerful in this room. And so in relationships, we have choices, and we go down different pathways. And so I just want to share one pathway of caution. I've seen it and experienced it. I've done it myself. But these are stories that we tell ourselves, stories we tell ourselves when things get challenging, stories we tell ourselves when... um, when it's just getting hard, and these stories uh, make us feel better, or these stories um, give, they relieve us, relieve us of any responsibility, so then we don't have to change. It's like the easy way out. Doesn't mean it's the right way. So uh, these are cautionary. These are cautionary things that when you see yourself going down this pathway in a relationship, specifically where there's tension. I just want to say, be careful. Be careful. And first, the one that says it's blame. When we start telling ourselves, he, she, they did it. It was them that caused it, and they are responsible. 
When there is tension and it's all their fault, hmm, I wonder if there is something wrong. Very rarely is it just one person's fault, 100%. It's just, um, and if it makes us have no blame, it sure must feel good not to be part of the problem, but very rarely is that really the case. Um, and then the second one, deny. Anytime that we uh, start telling ourselves, if someone has an issue with us and we listen to them and say, great, you have a problem, I don't have a problem, um, I didn't do anything, and it's not my fault. So easy for me, so clean, and um, this doesn't go down the rich, connected, healthy, whole relationship. I don't know how to have it with a person who would respond like that because they don't have any part in that relationship. And then defend. When we, when we find ourselves defending, I had no other option. What else was I supposed to do? Those are very easy responses, but they don't lead to connection or they don't usually lead to healing as well. And then lastly, justify. When we find ourselves justifying, and you see I wrote in there, I'm an eight, Enneagram. Um, that's usually like the, I, I'm a leader, I am a commander, and I'm just loud, you just gotta live with it. I'm like, awesome, not very fun. So the fact that we would not be willing to adjust for each other ever because we're just who we are and you have to live with it. And I love, I love um, accepting us for who we are and I love us being ourselves. But when it's to a place of justification so that we don't ever have to change our behavior, I don't know what, what, what kindness is in that. I don't know what honor is in that except for self-preservation. So I'm not sure where I find that in the Bible. Um, justify. Oh, and I've, <laughs> I've had lots of trauma. This is just why I act the way I do. I am so sorry you've had trauma, but just because you've had trauma doesn't mean you need to keep creating trauma. You know, like we do, we can take responsibility for ourselves. And a lot of, here's another one. No one ever taught me I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a dad or my mom. I didn't have a mom. I'm like, gosh, I am so sorry. I pray that you would get to experience mothers and fathers in your lives and take opportunities to grow so that you don't continue to cause more pain. Just because we've had hard experiences doesn't mean we need to continue to reproduce them. Um, and it doesn't mean I have, don't have compassion on those stories, but I also think that we're not going to stay where we're at, guys. So like, let's not use things just to justify bad behavior. So the stories we tell ourselves is huge because it will impact and affect how we treat each other and um, how we move forward in relationships. I am responsible for me. You are responsible for you. But I can't take responsibility for you, but I, I do need to take responsibility for me. And, you know, and I can, on a good day, I can manage myself. It's not my job to manage someone else. But in relationships, um, it's our, our job to take ownership for us, for my behavior, for my attitude, and my actions. And that's how we get to healthy, whole, connected, rich relationships. When you have people that are willing to take ownership for who they are, how their, how their attitude is, how their behavior is, and their actions. Then I want to um, share a few, I think there's five, uh, one, two, three, four, five, five, um, points in a pathway to healing, health, and reconciliation. First one, when we want to have, be a part of healing and health and reconciliation when there's tension, I believe that these are great things for us. And if, so if you are in, 
in anything in your life, any relationships where there is tension, where there is conflict, I encourage you to partner um, and seek out these things. And the first one would be humility. Humility is, um, I believe, a great starting place in this point um, of tension. And I think humility looks like in that point is seek to understand. You know, it's when we are in tension and you have an experience and you have a strong emotion, usually your first thought isn't, wow, help me understand where you're at. Usually we just want to come back and be like, do you know how I feel? Do you know how wrong this is? What if, what if instead we took a posture of humility and asked questions? Wow, I realize I am hurt. Could you please help me understand what you were meaning when you did this? Or help me understand, ask, um, seek to understand what's on your heart, um, what, what's going on with you right now. When we ask a question, this is a huge one. You might think this is really simple, but humility would listen. Like, does that seem simple? Do you know how often that doesn't happen? That we actually don't listen to each other? And these are the people that are going to be gathered around your table in a couple days. Like, <laughs> when they talk... Would we listen? And especially if we had one of those strong emotions, could we actually listen to what they're saying? Romans 12, 16 says, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Wow, that is much easier read than done. Do not be wise in your own opinion, but I am very smart and I trust myself. What does humility say? Don't be wise in your own opinion. What if you just listened? Okay, we could do that. We could try it. Okay, start with humility. Second is belief. Believe the best. This is huge. You know that belief is, a, um, is an expression of love? In 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. In verse 7, it says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When we approach each other with belief, it actually gives you a pathway to connection. One of the things I loved when Eric and I got married, after I asked all my questions, we got to figure all that out. One of the other, <laughs> one of the other things I got to learn about myself is, um, you know how you just have odd behaviors and things about you that you don't realize until you get a lot closer and then you realize, very odd. Um, <laughs> yes, that is me. Um, what I learned is uh, that when something would happen and it would hurt my feelings or, or bother me, then I would like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, like that, you don't even sound fine when you say that, but okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then what I would do is just wait till go, we go on a little longer. And then I would just passively make another comment that just kind of hooked in there, you know, like, you know, I don't know, something that kind of dug at him, like I just dig something. And, um, and Eric would go, oh, I know you would never want to hurt me, but when you said that, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, you think too highly of me. I was trying to hurt you. <laughs> and it was perfect because he was too kind. And he'd go, I know you would never want to hurt me. I'm like, wow, yeah, that... <laughs> I wish I was as good as you believe me to be. So I just want you to tell, to tell you that behavior didn't last a long time, I hope. Um, he's like, hmm. But when someone believes the best about you, it's actually not fun to keep digging at each other and hurting each other. It's like, I, I know you would never want to hurt me. Gosh, wouldn't that be nice? 
Yeah, we're going to stop. Okay, I did. I did mean to hurt you, and that was really bad. So um, believing the best about each other um, is a great way to start when we're wanting to bring healing, reconciliation, health in a relationship. And that's what we want. We all want deep, connected relationships. So this is what we do. We have humility. We have belief. And then the next is ownership. This one is huge. Take responsibility. That is one of the best things that we can do. I can't be responsible for you. But in a world where I'm healthy, I'm responsible for me. So I better find out what, do, what can I own in all that is going on. Generally, you, you can own something. And if you can't, then keep digging until you can find something to own. Because that's what, that's what we do in relationship. You take responsibility for what you can. Um, Matthew 7, verse 3 through 5. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Because it's a lot easier. Um, or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I know why we look at each other and talk about which other need first because it's way easier than looking at your own stuff because your own stuff requires something of you. Like, oh man, I got work to do. This is not fun. It doesn't require me at all to call out your faults. Like, ah, yeah, you look messy today. That was really bad. I'm like, oh, that's so easy. I feel good, you're bad, and I'm up here. And when really what's required for us to take ownership, it's us going, what's going on inside of myself? What could I own? And um, we usually have planks in our own eyes. So that is scripture. Thank you, Lord, for the direction and for the tools to have healthy lives. And then um, next is truth. I love truth. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We want to be free. We want to encourage others to be free. We want to live in relationships where there is freedom. And what brings freedom is truth and honesty. So do we tell the truth? Are we showing up? And even in places of tension where there's challenge, have we been honest? With ourselves. And this is where I love talking about. This is one of the, the most simple tools, and I use it over and over again whenever I've done any mediation or conflict resolution with people. When they come together and they have issues with each other, so much that they need a pastor to sit with them. I'm like, okay, I am great to be with you guys. Would love to hear what you want to share. My only rule is you can only talk in I statements. They're like, what do you mean? What I mean is a you statement is one that puts ownership of the ideas or feelings on someone other than the speaker. An I statement is one in which the speaker owns the thoughts and feelings. So I love talking in I I statements all the time. It's the you ones that get us in trouble. Like, um, here's an example. You talk too much. I just took all of my thoughts, opinions, but I put it all on you versus saying, I'm bored. Like, how can you own it? I'm bored. Okay, that's easier. Easier to, um, to receive as well. You make me mad. That statement in itself just bothers me. Because if I am responsible for me and I'm powerful and I get a choice, you can't make me do anything. I choose to be mad if I'm going to do that. Or I choose to be patient. Or I choose, I choose. So you make me mad. But another way to say that is I feel angry. I'm going to own how I feel versus making something about you. Um, another one, you never listen to me versus I feel ignored. These are very, very powerful when we're in tension or conflict that just having these basic tools that if we're going to actually start talking and telling the truth, do it in a way where you own stuff, 
Own your truth. Own how you feel. Own your emotions. And don't try to just put them on somebody else and make them feel bad for it. And then lastly, action. Action, oh, it just makes my heart happy. Put action to your beliefs, prayers, and words. I love spiritual things. I love prayer. I love declaration. I love uh, counsel. I love um, all of those things. But if we're not going to do anything with what we read in the Word, if we're not going to do anything with what we're praying, it just makes me crazy. It makes me crazy that we would go off and still act a certain way with each other, but we're not going to put into practice what we're reading in the Word. Um, If we are going to lead healthy, connected lives, I believe that we need to put into action all the things that we're reading right now and even put into action the truth that um, we are reading. In Matthew 7, verse 24 through 25, says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, put them into action, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came down, and the wind blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. That is my heart, that we'd be people that are wise and that we listen to truth and we listen to what the Lord is saying, but we actually do something about it and we put it into practice. Um, A quick story. Our daughters, they're 21 and 22 right now. When they were teenagers, the closer they got to my um, older and then to my size, things, I just started making me feel crazy in my house because I'd go to like get my shoes, be like, oh, they're, you know, I generally put things right where I left them. I know where my keys are, where my purse is. If I can't find it, it's very odd. I put things in the same spot. But I'd go to get the stuff and be like, that's weird. Where did I leave those? Go back to another spot. I cannot find that. And it just makes you feel batty. And then you realize, like three days later, shoved under my daughter's bed, there's my shoes. Where are those at? You know, like you just, it just makes you feel crazy. So be like random things like that would happen all the time. Or like your um, iPhone power cord, where it's always plugged in, where you know you plug it in. And then you go to get it. And you're like, that's weird. I'm pretty sure I left it here. Oh, no. Like, does anyone have it? No, no. We don't know where it's at. That's weird. I feel so crazy. Huh? I don't know. I guess they didn't. They don't have it. And then after like a while goes on and you've had to um, ask somebody else to use theirs and like, gosh, that's weird. I guess I need to get a new one. And then you go in and look and like, mine had that dot on it. That's in your room. So, you know, things like that would happen quite often. So that's a little context to what happened here. So I'm in the shower. We all have the same shower at this point, and I have a razor, and the razor is stuck on the wall with a little suction cup thing, and I like having a razor in the shower because it makes shaving your legs much easier, and I go in there, and I cannot find my razor, but I'm already in the shower. I'm like, oh, man, so inconvenient. Where's the dumb razor? Oh, girls, what did you do with it? I already know. I already know. So I'm like, okay. I go out, and I'm mature enough to go, Hey, has anyone seen the razor? No, we don't know where it's at. Ah, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm sure they know where it's at. But I, I don't say anything. I'm wise enough to at least be like, okay, well, if you see it, let me know. So get back in the shower the next day. The razor's still not there. And they're not saying anything. And I'm like, are you serious? They're like almost towards the end of high school at this time. And they don't know where the razor is? Man, I just raised a bunch of liars. <laughs> like, I mean... I'm really inside getting, I know you never have this in your house. Um, I'm really starting to just feel 
crazy, but also I'm getting a little bit mad, but I haven't said anything because I'm trying to be mature about it. And um, inside though, I've said a lot of things like that. And then like, I think a week passes. I'm about ready to go just buy another razor and just chalk it up to, oh no, bad parenting that I've raised these kids like this. And, um, and I go to get something on the ground in the shower in the corner underneath where the razor normally is because there's these um, shampoos and conditioners. And behind one of the shampoos was a razor. And I was like, oh, oh no. I just said all these horrible things about my daughters in my head. And I judged them. I did all this stuff. And I had this story. I mean, I knew the story. I felt so confident in the story. I mean, I already did the jury, the judge, everything. Like, I was like... Bad parenting, you know, raised a bunch of liars. And I sat there and I was like, oh, Lord, I guess I don't know everything. I don't, oh, this is, this is bad. Um, and, um, yeah, it was a good moment to just go, stop, stop before you do too much. Even when, when you think you know everything, you might not know everything. And um, so I just want to leave us with this. Um, things to partner with. When we're wanting connected, healthy, whole, rich relationships, because that's where we're going, guys. And that's what you're going to have this week. And the Lord, I believe, is giving us tools. My hope is also encouragement to lean in. Don't give up. Um, Partner with truth. The truth we tell ourselves. So when we're in tension, in conflict, when those emotions start to rise, let's start with partnering with, I am loved. Do you know that is truth? That is in the Bible and the Word. You can have it all day long. You are loved. And another, if you're going to go deeper, you could say, I receive love. I am powerful. And what makes us powerful is we have a choice in all of this. I am responsible for me. That is very empowering. Number three, I want connection and I choose to lean in. Do you know that's why we do any of this anyways? Like if I'm going to tell you anything hard, it's generally because I want to be connected to you. Like, and it's not even fun to tell people hard things, but if you really care about them, then you need to figure out how to work it out. And that's what we, that's what we get the opportunity to do in close proximity. And then the next one, which I said before, a truth is I don't know everything. And sometimes we feel so justified and we feel like the expert in the situation, but really we only know our part. And that's just what we get you know, the privilege we get as humans is we only know our part. Um, we might not know the other person's side of the story, their, their motive, and um, that's why we need humility as well. And then lastly, um, I am loving, honest, and respectful. At Bethel, uh, I would be over the info center. We would do uh, prophetic tickets. If you come to Bethel, you could sign up for a prophetic word. And um, it created the biggest, um, I called it sharks, there would be people that were so hungry, they'd come to Bethel for the weekend, and they're like, I need my prophetic word. But all the tickets would be given, and then you're out there with all the people, and they are so hungry that they are kind of disrespectful and rude. And then you're like, but I'm a nice person. Wow, but you're not being very nice. Um, and I would train up my people, and I'm like, it doesn't matter how people treat you. We are respectful. We are kind, and we are nice. And doesn't matter what they do, you get to respond in respect um, no matter what. People do not dictate how we act. And so when you're in relationships, in any type of interactions, we are powerful and we get the choice and we get to be, I am loving, I am respectful, and I am honest. So why don't you stand with me? I know this was, it's kind of a 
funny Thanksgiving encouragement, but I want to tell you that I am so, I have such big desires and such big hope for um, creating deep, rich relationships in my own life, but also a community of people that are going after God together, but being real and are connecting and are inviting each other into their, each other's lives. And I know that when we do that, this is just part of it. And it doesn't scare me, but it also makes me go, guys, we want these tools. We want to make this be, um, we want to go deeper and richer, even with our own love with God and with our mind and with our own emotions. And so um, I'm going to pray for us and um, then we're going to get going. So thank you, Lord, for everybody in this room. I thank you for every story. I thank you for the history. I thank you for the present. I thank you for this week for everybody's lives and even the future, God. And I just thank you for the gift of everyone in this room. And God, I invite your love right now, right into the middle of our stories. Wherever this hits us, this topic with tension and conflict and relationships and family and thanksgiving, I ask for your nearness, God, but I also ask that you would come and love on us. If there's any spaces of vulnerability in us or if there's spaces of tension or worry or anxiety or hurt right now, God, I pray that you come and love on us right there in that place. And I pray for anyone that's feeling lonely as we're going into the holidays as well. Holy Spirit, that you would come and be comforter. Yeah, and that we would experience your wraparound presence. And even while we're going to sleep, while we're waking up, God, that you'd provide everything we need. And I pray for anyone who doesn't have a place to be for Thanksgiving, I pray that you would hook them up, that even the person next to them or around them or would ask them, invite them to their house for dinner. I pray for an open um, space for everybody here for connection and for friendship. God, so I thank you for this family that you have um, brought us, and I bless, I bless everybody here, and I pray, God, that you would grow us um, deeper in your love, that you would grow us wider, and that you would um, just increase our capacity to be present, real, honest, and loving with each other. Yeah, so I bless everyone. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope this talk benefits you in every way possible. For more information about Studio, you can go to studiogreenville.com or go to Instagram and look for studio.greenville. We would also love it if you would leave a review and hit those five stars. Other than that, have a great week, and we'll see you soon.